what is like your weirdest thing that you can't believe exists? Because for me, I was just now driving to um, CVS and I was just looking in Spotify and I can't believe what I let me reframe it. What is the weirdest thing you think exists that is like completely normal to everybody else? Because for me, I can't believe that that people listen to Spotify using using playlists. I can't believe that there's that you don't that people have the fucking like the self-importance and the hubris to like curate and cultivate all these little like like Jewish Dave's Nambi list and Jewish Dave's happy times and Jewish Dave's hey. sleepy songs and shit I'm gonna like that. I'm going to tell you right now and I, are we recording? Um let me check. Yes. Oh okay. Yeah, I'm going to tell you Why? right now. Were that- you about to say a racial slur? No, no, I was about to launch into something that could be uh, something you want to keep. Could be gold. But, uh, but it's so funny you say that because I've been doing like a lot of research about like what I'm going to do with my career next year, and like play Spotify playlists is it? Like that is how you get noticed as a musician in in 2018 in in this world of music, like. There's no other way anymore. That is it. That is how, that's even how regular radio DJs find their music is from Spotify playlists. And I've been reading all these like, these like articles and tips on how to like get noticed through these playlists. And so that is like going to be a big part of my strategy. Yeah, you got to get, you, the, the thing is like, you got to find who's curating a really hot playlist and then yeah. just try to ingratiate yourself and, and like, you also to... you also have to make your own playlist and be one of those people, which I find insane, and I it's something I don't want to do, but I'm going to start doing it. And like, you know, I'll make you know David Rosen's driving playlist, and it'll be like a whole bunch of great songs for driving, and I just happen to slip one or two of my songs in it, like. And I mean, if that... DJ if DJ Khaled can make a business model out of that, <laughs> right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> DJ I mean, Khaled, it, he is basically the big yummy. <laughs> oh my god, I never thought about that. If the he big is 100% yummy, he is, the big he is, yummy. he's the big yummy realized. Like if the big yummy just became what he was supposed to be, and like and if he checked off every checkbox on, uh, uh-huh. on his like life goals, which I'm sure the big yummy had, by the way, like you know, folded up in like notebook paper, he had life goals for sure. And I remember going was. to J. I remember before the Club Utopia show, we went to like J.C. Penney's or something, so he could buy a matching white uh, top and bottom sweat outfit. Sweat oh, shirt. I, re- he, I remember that outfit. He looked. He looked magnificent. He looked. He looked magnificent in it. That's he a looked DJ great. Khaled costume. That man. is That's a DJ exactly. Khaled. He was DJ Khaled before DJ Khaled. <laughs> like, if all it would have taken is just one DJ to like one actual like radio disc jockey to overhear him going off on one of his like no saboyas please no saboyas jokes like his one of his like weird lot like and to be like yo you're you're funny Holmes I want you on uh I want you on my morning hour I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you pick some hits at, like that's it he we never would have seen him again he, he would have just become a, a billionaire he would actually I would probably be seeing he'd probably be in Miami he'd probably be living yeah. here yeah yeah probably that's all it would have taken. Um, so we got a new idea. It's an old idea. You want to you want to tell tell the people about it? What we're going to be doing? Um, what we're gonna what we're gonna start? Sure. 
Yeah, so this is this was actually kind of the very beginning of this podcast when we were supposed to start it uh, a year ago. It was uh, like the main idea was going to be this thing that we're going to start doing. It's called Do I Have To? And it's basically uh, Q and I are each going to make each other do something, like check something out, listen to something, watch something, uh, something that the other one probably would have no real interest in. Um or maybe a little bit, but I mean, basically something that something we wouldn't encounter. They're, they're not going to go. Yeah, they're not going to go out of their way for in a normal day to day. Our girlfriends would them. have you believe that we are the same guy, that we right. like all the same <laughs> shit, but that's not true. We have very div- wildly diverging tastes in certain we're two, areas. We're two sides to a very wide coin. A very wide, sweaty <laughs> coin. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I was going to ask you, are we going to go back to some of the ideas that we originally wanted, or are those kind of old and we're going to start with some fresh ones? They might be old at this point. Refresh my memory. What are some What are some things you would have me do? Like, and oh, I want I want to explain this a little bit uh, better than than you like did terribly. Okay. Um, like, it's it it's I think there there should be a reason behind this. I think everything uh-huh. that we do should be about bettering ourselves and becoming better yeah. human beings. Okay. And, and uh and, and kind of broadening our areas of knowledge i want to frame this as a thing where every month i own three hours of your time i own it i get uh-huh. to decide what you do with that three hours and uh-huh. you know the uh the the dc to that ac is that you own three hours of mine so um i don't want to limit this to just things like music or uh or or television i don't want to limit this to movies i want it to be anything like it could be i I could whatever whatever i can fit into those three hours that's not Mm -hmm. like overtly illegal i I, you know you you gotta go do it and um and and vice i'm starting to like this idea less and less (laughs) (laughs) i thought i was gonna listen to like a 30 minute song and be done yeah i I mean album Maybe I mean you can do it maybe during the horrible thing that I subject you to. <laughs> I mean for the most part it's going to be movies and shit. Like give me some ideas of um of things that we we had talked about. I I, I can't really remember. Well, I remember you made me listen to a couple of podcasts. Um, well, was Welcome to Night Vale one of them? Oh yeah yeah Welcome to Night Vale that was a really fun. All right, but you already did that so yeah I did that uh, and yeah Welcome think, to Night Vale is an wasn't awesome that, podcast. Wasn't that when I. Uh, made you listen to Ryan Adams' cover of 1989, and I still listen to that. I still listen yeah, to his cover good, huh? of 1989. It's yeah. uh, it's one of my Spotify not playlists, but like a normal human being, I selected every track and dumped it into my big song list, and I play it through like a normal person who's not obsessed with curating his own existence. I will f- scroll through that 500 list that 500 song list and find those Ryan Adams songs when I want to and I will play them in the order that they already come in not shuffled like a like a human being Um, (laughs) I I go to albums still I do have some playlists but I mostly just go to albums I just can't get over because I'm I'm really old like when I encounter like a friend of mine has made a playlist and it's like Jewish Dave's good time jams I'm like what you took time to you took the time to to name that, and <laughs> and then you took the time to like add and by virtue of adding you you took the 
the time to not add other things. To look at a song and be like, no, this doesn't belong in Jewish Dave's Good Time Jams. Well, sometimes I have rules for myself, like only two songs per artist or only, uh, you know, one song per album or only three songs per you know year or something like that. Like I sometimes have rules when I'm making playlists. All right. So starting next week, starting next week, uh, we're going to have that. We're going to have our first installation of uh, do I have to? So what, 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 what do you want? What do you want me to do? Just tell me. Oh, I didn't plan anything. I thought we were going to come back with them as surprises, you know, for next episode yeah that's we're gonna explain what we ended up doing isn't that how it works yeah that makes perfect sense that that's something that you would assume like that i've chosen this song as like sort of our intro song that's the song that you really seem to like i love this i love this song it's called like free fallen i think free fall yeah so welcome to bird road welcome to bird road episode 11 i'm I'm jewish dave i'm (laughs) cute oh it's me john (laughs) dave I'm actually Jewish Dave, everybody. I'm I'm Q, everybody. Oh, see, I, fl- <laughs> I flipped it on you. <laughs> you sure um, did. Yo, I was gonna talk about Turkey Point. I was gonna talk about serious stuff, but we got a, a whole um, upcoming package with an uh, uh, interview with 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 one of our um, homies, Ryan Darty, who's gonna talk about um, net neutrality. So, like, I don't know. I don't really talk, feel like talking about a lot of serious stuff. You want to talk about um, culture wars? Maybe we can do that instead. Sure. Who's winning the culture war? What's the culture war? It's um. <laughs> Just so you know, before I said that, I scrolled up and down your your uh, your outline, and I was like, culture war. <laughs> Culture War was an English band that was formed in 1981, comprised by Ward George uh, on vo- lead vocals, Roy Hay, guitar and keyboards, Mikey Craig, bass guitar, and John Moss, drums and percussion. That would be amazing. Like an all-metal version of Culture Club songs. <laughs> Culture War. Do you really want to hurt me? Actually, that's a great song. <laughs> oh, um, God. Yeah, so, uh, no, the culture war that's so important on the, mostly on the right, I think, but I guess a little bit on the left, the the front lines of the culture war have been Starbucks lately, man. Starbucks has been fucking lit. Have you seen a lot of the shit that's that's been going on at Starbucks? Is this, uh... I mean, I know that they certainly have, you know, with the holidays and stuff, right? With the Merry Christmas and everything. They get pissed about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's, but that's, yeah, they just <laughs> what, get pissed. What else is happening? <laughs> I mean, Starbucks now is apparently the place where uh, it's like one of the last, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's like the la- one of the last bastions of, of, of schism. It's one of the last places where people who come from all walks of life and, and literally have to, 
brush up, brush shoulders against each other and, and actually interact with each other. We're so cloistered for the most part. Um, but Starbucks are this becoming the settings of these crazy, meaningless culture battles between people who like usually one side is blowing everything out of proportion and is way too hot under the collar. And the other side doesn't even know they're in an argument. It's just like not even, not even aware of what the fuck. When's the last time that you in Vegas, uh, just for uh, context, everybody who um, is listening, not in Vegas, in Vegas, every Starbucks is a drive through. When's the last time that you walked into a Starbucks? Like, and when I had to go stand in line, I guess. Oh God. I don't know. I think I was actually out of town. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. Land in Vegas is so cheap because it's a fuck it's it's an oven. It's an actual literal oven and you can get thousands of square feet extra just added on to to, it's to the land. Best. Because it's and the so best. that you never have to worry about parking. Every parking oh. problem in Vegas is artificially created and yes. and every uh yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Anyway, because of that, every Starbucks has um, drive-through. I mean, it just does. I don't. I can't think of a Starbucks in Vegas that doesn't have drive-through. Not counting the ones that are like inside of malls and hotels and shit, right? So, sure. You probably this might be a little foreign. This whole string of stories that I'm going to walk you through, culminating with an awesome one that just happened uh, the other day. Um, but for the most part, people have to interact with each other in Starbucks. Like in, in my neighborhood, there's a couple drive-through ones, but. Most of them are um, are walk-ins. So everybody, mostly people on the right and specifically Trump supporters, uh, have a big problem with Starbucks. And they, they just aren't sure how to like properly air the grievances. And I think it might have started with this woman, um, uh, Kayla Hart, is the one that I first really remember noticing. Um, so... This woman went into a Starbucks uh, in Charlotte wearing a Trump T-shirt. And she said that uh, when she walked into the store, the the baristas laughed at her. (laughs) When she received her iced tea, instead of bearing her name, it was labeled Build a Wall. I just found it really... (laughs) I just found it really sad that I can't wear a T-shirt with our president without being made fun of. Come on, man. Of course you're going to get made fun of. That shit is stupid. You're you're a fucking idiot. (laughs) Who, like, I would never wear a t-shirt with my favorite president on it. <laughs> Who I would is your never favorite wear... president? Oh, I mean, it has to be Chester A. Arthur. <laughs> it has to be. I want you to dress up as Chester A. Arthur for Halloween next year. Nope. Uh, this isn't the first time a Starbucks location has been threatened with boycotts from the right. Because this woman came out and, of course, was like, this is... The most egregious thing that could happen, and you know, the, we we have to we have to boycott them and win this culture war. Um, uh, previous Starbucks boycotts were, like you said, they were they were related to the company's Christmas cups, which religious activists criticized for being secular or taking the Christ out of Christmas. <laughs> um, okay, so Kayla Hart, I just found it really sad that I can't wear a T-shirt with our president without being made fun of. The whole thing with the the. Um, the the coffee cups uh seb gorka who you probably know who that is i would hope i know you're like kind of out of it when it comes to these the other side of things but seb gorka is obviously you know just a piece of shit from the right who talks like a like a like a super villain 
and uh, yeah, I've heard his name, but I don't I don't really know him. Doctor Sebastian story. Gorka. Uh, <laughs> it's like just one of these overtly evil people, um, but he's great. Uh, he retweeted this this former um, Bush lackey, this guy named Brad Blakeman, who tweeted uh, spending Christmas joy at Starbucks in D.C. When asked for a cup of when asked for uh, a name for my cup, I said Trump MAGA with a smirk. The barista said, we just need one name. I replied, it goes together. Then I sat back <laughs> and made them call out Trump MAGA decaf cap three times before I picked it up. Tis the season. And how you know this person is a sociopath is that they're getting a decaf cappuccino. Who the fuck is a decaf cappuccino? <laughs> so it's crazy because these are people who operate in a world where that's like a win. That guy won the day. Right. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he like, he did it. He did it. <laughs> going back, dude, going back a year right after the election when shit was like super raw. This one didn't get a lot of, um, didn't get a lot of, uh, national play like it, it didn't it, it it wasn't really a, one of these viral stories that 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 blew up but it was in my starbucks dude it was mine right here on coral gables the the one on us1 um that i actually go to and uh miami herald headline man who yelled trump in viral starbucks video i had a bad day <laughs> this guy's name and we need to name all these motherfuckers especially people like this who try to say later who are really over the top abusive and horrible people and try to say later that they were just having a bad day it's this asshole who's like a local developer builder named David Sanguesa um, he said he was having a bad day uh, but it seems that Sanguesa has had many bad days Wednesday was just the latest this is a dateline from last November um he was captured on video angry, angrily yelling, Trump, and I voted for Trump at a barista. The article doesn't say it, but it's a it's a black woman, a young a black young woman, um, at a Coral Gable Starbucks when he felt he didn't get his tall vanilla latte quickly enough because he's white. Then he demanded his money back, calling her trash and garbage. Just give us our money back. We want nothing to do with you. You're at Starbucks. You're trash. Because I voted for Trump. Previous bad days, the one in 2008 when he was arrested on a DUI charge, the one a week later when he was again charged with a DUI, <laughs> one, two, let's do it one week, dude. You got to be partying really hard. Sounds like one of those good uh, winners yeah, that, that Trump likes to uh, talk so much about. Yeah, this guy's not a loser. This guy's a... <laughs> And then apparently the um, the reporter, uh, two two very good reporters, Carly Teproff and, and Charles Rabin, were able to go back in the Herald's um, in the Herald's email archives and find uh, uh, letters that he had sent to the Herald with rants against Cubans, women, immigrants, gays, lesbians, President Barack Obama, and Hillary Clinton. So he'd that been guy even, was busy. Yeah, he's busy, dude. He's, <laughs> you know, not enough is said anymore for like the power of taking time to write a letter. Sure. <laughs> if I had that kind of time, I could get on some playlists. <laughs> so this video, they say, went viral, but it was like that regional viral where it's not really like, you know, a thing. What I thought was funny, and the reason I'm bringing up old David Sangueso, again, name and shame, these pieces of shit, is, uh, is because, okay, I work in communications. I work in like the strategy side of that stuff. And I saw something really funny when I was Googling his name today. He did this 
move that is only obvious to people who work in this field and know the way that this shit works. Uh, on Newswire.com, Newswire is a place where you can, uh, for if you don't know this, you can just publish a press release about anything that your business is doing. And it, um, it has enough um, sort of search cachet or SEO power that it will bump up and be one of the, uh, one of the higher ranking uh, results right, associ- right. associated with your name, right? So <laughs> he wrote a press release in June. Obviously, I'm sure in response to probably not great things happen, happening in his career. <laughs> and uh, it's here's the headline. David Sanguesa, uh, custom home builder slash remodeler and commercial builder. Dateline, Miami, Florida, June 19, 2017. David Sanguesa 3 of Miami, Florida has a wealth of experience as a custom home builder, remodeler, and commercial builder. In fact, he's a licensed general contractor in Florida. He's been in the profession for over two decades and has won several awards. He's respected for completing projects on time and within budget, while at the same time ensuring that those projects earn a profit and generate revenue. Now, this is a press release, and usually one of the things that you're waiting to hear me tell you is a piece of news. Right. I'm going to stop right now. There's no news in this article, in this, in this press release. This is all nowhere. just, yeah, exactly. This goes nowhere. It goes on to list all of his awards, his educational background, um, his website, and it ends with this. The future. Subhead. The future. The future is bright for David Sanguisa, who continues to be committed to creating homes and buildings of superior quality, detail, and architectural design. Now, what happened is... This dipshit, some PR agency got a hold of him and was like, here's what we got to do. Here, you pay us $5,000 and we're going to bump all that racist shit down like one slot in Google. So this will be the first thing that people find when they search for you. So he paid them 5000 bucks, and like <laughs> he got like and they, they, they paid $500 to have this article basically put up and kept the rest. And uh the best part of it is that when you Google his name, it's like the tenth thing. That's, it's like the tenth thing on the Google results page. So he didn't even get his money's worth. It's, his racist shit is still up at the top because you can't game that shit, dude. If you give, if you make content that good, you're it's gonna be at the at the at the associated with your name forever. And then, um, and I'm getting somewhere with this, dude. I promise you, I'm getting somewhere. I know. I know. There's this guy. From just September of this year, headline, Chicago Sun-Times, man accused of saying, shut up, slave, at Starbucks, faces felonies. <laughs> so this one is a video where this guy, this maniac, young kid, maybe like, I think he's like 23 years old, is just screaming in the face of um of what looks to be like two different black patrons who I guess what we don't see on the video is that they bumped into him and spilled his coffee. And he's just screaming, shut up, slave, get on all fours like an animal. Exclusive tonight, a racially charged incident in the loop spills out of a Starbucks onto the street. It was an ugly confrontation that didn't end with words. The encounter turning violent. Calling people like racist slurs. When I was coming into work, I was not expecting to see that. Juan Torres works at the Starbucks where it happened. Police say the man in the light-colored suit became enraged after he had coffee spilled on him. This video taken by an ABC7 photographer. Your children are disposable vermin! After spitting on the bystander, punches are nearly thrown. But people intervene, and it appears to be over. Get on all fours right now! Get on all fours! Get on all fours! Get on all fours! 
just more really endearing stuff. Get on all fours. You don't deserve to walk on two legs. And it wouldn't be this sad, but the guy is simply the whitest guy that's ever existed. Like, he is the most white person that, you, that you've ever seen. And um, he just looks like the guy that would be doing this. So, so all that to get to Sacramento Bee Story came to my attention, published in the Miami Herald. Um, this is America. Use English only. Woman rants at Korean student in Starbucks video. I promise that this is worth it, this whole setup. For South Korean international student Annie Ahn, a tutoring session at a Walnut Creek Starbucks last weekend turned into a nightmare. Ahn, who's attending a community college in the East Bay, was going over an essay with her tutor, South Korea native and UC Berkeley uh, student Sean Lee, on Sunday when a patron overheard the two speaking in Korean. This is America. Use English only, said the unnamed woman, who was sitting nearby using a laptop, according to Ahn. Ahn began filming the confrontation as Starbucks employees asked the woman to leave. I hate it, the woman says in the video, this being the racist woman. Um, if you can sit and be quiet, fine, but I don't want to hear your language. Uh, Ahn responded, we have the freedom to use my own language. Starbucks employees continued to ask the woman to leave. They're welcome to be here. They're doing nothing wrong. You're the one that's causing an issue, an employee told her. Uh, you're going to be... <laughs> so the racist woman sitting there on her laptop replied, you're going to be in trouble when I get this letter out, the woman responded. An employee points out that she's just tapping numbers on a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> I read this. I almost shit myself. Just picture it. This maniac. This fucking unhinged, old, dotty, lunatic woman sitting in a Starbucks complaining about having to hear Korean. Drafting up an imaginary fucking letter in her head to to Howard Schultz. And, and the guy's just like, you're just tapping numbers into a Word document. What are you talking about? So the moral of the story is that I should stick to my drive throughs Yeah, don't get out of the car. <laughs> don't not go inside those places. Don't, don't, ever, don't ever leave your car. Don't leave your house. Don't leave your car. There's no point in this country anymore. Just like, don't talk to anyone. Uh, I see this shit all the time, man. Like people are just broken. People are broken. Oh yeah. Like, do you ever just like walk around and see the I dregs do. of humanity? And I'm not saying this in like a a classist or or judge way. I'm not talking about like right. poor people or or homeless people or people who are clearly like mentally ill and are, have no resources and have like fallen on. The, the bottom rung. I'm talking about just people who like, you can look at them and tell that they're still pretty healthy, well-fed, you know, they have money, but they're just, they're broken. They're like right, a, right. like a hamster with like a busted fucking shin. Who's just like hobbling around in circles. And is like, it's, it's the, it's become so many people and they're just like, I don't know. They're just bouncing up against you in life. And you, I just, I, I just wish they'd all die. <laughs> okay, everyone, we're now coming to you from the underground. If you're hearing this, that means that you've received the podcast on our new distribution system. No more iTunes. SoundCloud is gone. We are exclusively distributed by a 
thumb drives, and air-gapped Linux boxes. Um, as you all know, in the intervening days since Thursday when the FCC passed the repeal of the open inter- internet order, Bird Road, every podcaster, every internet poster, the emo kids on Tumblr, the Instagram <laughs> girls, anyone who's been critical of Donald Trump, people who made fun of Barron Trump, the entire LGBT community, brave journalists over at BuzzFeed writing listicles about personality types. <laughs> They've all been driven onto the dark net. If you're hearing the show and you're part of that loose-knit network of people who are living through the uh, dystopian hellscape, welcome to the resistance. Of course, none of this has happened yet, but the shrillest voices uh, out there will have you believe it's on its way still. If you've looked at even the most basic summaries of the rulemaking and you try to ignore the doomsday stuff, you have to agree that what happened Thursday amounts to what Ezra Klein over at Vox called an incumbent protection package. If you're a telecom, if you're vertically integrated, and you're already established in the markets, you're going to be okay. Not You're not just going to be okay. You're probably going to benefit quite a bit from, from uh, this change. So I think it's safe to say that like most policies in this era, the near-term effect is going to be one that transfers wealth upwards at the expense of those down the line. The users, posters, people who pay bills, me and you, unless we own shares in the telecoms, I think it's, it's a safe assumption. But there's a lot we can't know yet, and that's where our guest comes in. Ryan Doherty is a software engineer. Ryan, welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey, really quick, everyone. Um, at this point, our audio quality was kind of shitty, but uh, Ryan made an important point, caveating that he definitely did not want to come off as someone who's in favor of the net neutrality repeal. He's not. That's not his position. But the audio, again, is kind of unlistenable. Um, so I just wanted to reiterate that on his behalf. Back to the interview. Um, and a good example I like to give to people um, when they're complaining about things is um, recently, I don't know if you guys have seen uh, the, the lovely Ted Cruz snowflake tweet where he was talking about how uh, net neutrality didn't exist before 2015. Have you guys heard that argument yet? No, I haven't oh, heard yeah. that one. I, I've heard okay, it. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so the way that works, and, and I think that's pretty fundamental to understanding what is going to happen with the change. Um, is as net neutrality exists with a practical definition, um, it wasn't necessarily brought into any sort of official codification until 2015, which was when Verizon basically sued the FCC because, um, you know, back in the day when internet was over the phone line, the FCC controlled that. And there are certain rules for what happens over the phone lines. And then broadband came around and everyone was really happy because it made downloading porn like way faster, but suddenly it was like, "Uh uh-oh, hold up. Uh, we can't regulate it like telephone lines anymore. Um, FCC tried to do that, and Verizon was like, now we're going to sue the shit out of you. The judge, his ruling was essentially, yeah, FCC, you can't tell Verizon what to do because they're not treating internet as a Title II utility. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So immediately the FCC was like, oh, right, cool. Internet is a Title II um, utility. And that basically brings it under the same, under the same purview that like you know phone companies have and stuff like that. The thing is, the abstract idea of net neutrality um, in the context of like treating all data the same no matter where it's coming from and where it's going, that's been a core principle forever. There just wasn't necessarily official um, you know, laws protecting it right. uh, in the context of when it's broadband. And the reason um, that changed was once it became Title II, ISPs uh, were no longer considered information uh, providers, they were considered uh, like telecom providers. And that like little bit of definitions is the thing that changed, which then uh, is the thing that was rolled back in theory 
a couple days ago. It wasn't like there was a specific rule or set of rules about what you can and can't do. It was just we've changed a classification. And now suddenly, because it's not a utility anymore, you don't have to treat all things equally depending on where they come from and where they're going and whatnot. Um, so that's kind of where we're at and what we have theoretically lost. Um, there's, you know, people are talking about Congress can still like, um, I forget the official term, but a, a motion to appeal or something like that. Um, and then, you know, that if that passes and they shoot it down, it'll come back again in, you know, a year or two, yeah. just like it did with like the SOPA and all that fun mumbo jumbo yeah just under a different name ironic too you mentioned verizon because they're one of the few players that are gonna have a really hard time kind of cashing in on this because as a a a product of their um of the the merger deal with nbc universal they actually can't take advantage of a lot of the the benefits (laughs) that they're gonna uh would have as a telecom you know being vertically integrated the way that they are to you know be able to um to, to, to push their properties out there and kind of throttle things in their favor. They're not going to be able yeah. to. Yeah, and, um, and a really common one um, that D- Dave and I have argued about multiple times um, uh-huh. is, so it's also worth pointing out that as of, I think it's reasonable to say that as of this moment, ignoring a Congress thing, we don't have net neutrality. Um, but it's not reasonable to say a week ago, two weeks ago, that we had total net neutrality. No, for sure. Because yeah, there are already violations of it. Yeah, um, and uh, zero rating is the thing that I always argue about Dave with, which is wow. the fact that if you have T-Mobile and you can get Spotify for free, um, that is a huge violation of net neutrality. Um, in the abstract, I'd say, I'd say term. it's a, I'd say it's a tiny violation of net neutrality. Well, no, okay. it depends okay, on because, what you're because I like about, it. Right. Because I like <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is, right? If it's good, it, if it helps you, it's okay. But that becomes a moving target. Um, okay, but, yeah, but, uh, but zero rating a, is generally the most one, accepted. A, a bigger a, a bigger violation. To your point, you're right. Is that um, just it was just a few years ago where. Verizon throttled back FaceTime and pushed forward yeah. Skype. I mean, that was a more yes. bald-faced, obvious, picking yeah. winner, picking loser. But those ones keep getting shot down. Zero rating is one that is officially like approved by the FCC that even when the um, information was treated as a utility, uh, they were like, okay, yeah, but this is a giant asterisk you guys can take advantage of. And that just happened to be the one that, like, you know, people get mad when Verizon throttles FaceTime. No one's getting mad that they're able to stream YouTube for free, uh, you know, if they have AT&T or something like that. Exactly. But it is that's, still that's, a, that was always my yeah. side of the argument is that it's like if you're not having something taken away, you know, then it's like it's hard as a consumer to really see the problem, you know. Right, um, right. And, and I do fully understand, though, what the problem is. And yeah. I know that you're absolutely right about it. Um, but yeah, it's but just as a consumer, it's hard to see. Yeah, when you want free shit and you get free shit, it's like, no, no, it's yeah. okay. It's okay, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. And there's definitely varying levels of, like, badness. And, you know, like, like when I talk about net neutrality, a lot of times I talk about uh, it in the context of uh, the very, very abstract definition, which is just, are all zeros and ones treated the same regardless of where they come from and where they're going? And if you're saying no certain information is going somewhere for free, that's violating it. But in the once you bring it into implementation, yeah, that seems much more acceptable than like Comcast throttling Netflix, which I think they've done before. If they haven't, they probably will soon because that's the kind of shit Comcast does. 
Sons of bitches. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I was you... gonna say I come from the Philly area. Comcast <laughs> owns there, so I you need kinda, to you, shit talk man, them as much. You, you kind of set us up good, and there's like before we go into your sort of vision of the future and what kind of things you sure. think this could result in, I want to just shoot down a few other tropes in this conversation. Sure. If, you, if, if you're a person who gets your news from John Oliver and that's like it, and you think that you're a responsible fucking you know informed <laughs> citizen in our democracy because of that, there's. The trope where you don't understand this. It's incredibly complex and complicated. <laughs> and that's like the first thing that everybody always says when they're getting ready. They're like ca- caveating what they're about to tell you. Um, yeah. The other one is you haven't heard anything about it. Bullshit, dude. I've heard the people when people t- say that and start off a, a, a new segment with here's the biggest story you don't know anything about. Bullshit. People are talking about this. Fucking pay you attention. Dummy. Open your fucking ears, dude. Like, it's your responsibility to learn about this shit, man. And to, like, right. if you want to not, if you want it to not happen, don't vote for the motherfuckers who are very clearly <laughs> eager to make it happen. And then the other one that Dave and I had talked about a little bit was like the, as I said in the intro, like the dystopian hellscape. The like, right. The everything is going to die. Everyone is going to yeah. be melted in like a pool of fucking like fiber optic that that AT and T ended up never installing. And <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, there's a there's there's a next month the child health insurance protection uh, program is going to become defunded. There's been just recently the the um the public uh, the people's uh, policy project released a. Uh, a study where they showed that during Obama's time, uh, black uh, families lost 40% of their value. Uh, healthcare is a mess. Tax reform is moving almost $2 trillion up to the top uh, the, the top earners in the nation. Let's have some perspective, okay? Like, right. like you said, <laughs> this is an important issue. It touches all of us. Let's not go fucking crazy with the... Yeah, because also, exactly. that drowns shit out. That makes it impossible to yeah. pay attention to. Well, another thing, and and this is why I wanted to have this conversation on our show, is um, because we're obviously, Q and I are are both pretty big progressives, um, and and it seems like a lot of the hysteria is all coming from the left, and that's really upsetting, and you know, and it's like that 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 kind of sky is falling mentality is only going to make us look all the more ridiculous yes, and 100%. you know it's going it's going to make it so hard to get any kind of support i, I said to q uh, that net neutrality is basically man bear pig right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's definitely one of those things where I, I i put a facebook status up about it and then deleted it immediately and it was kind of me tearing into some of my friends like just the act of writing it was enough and then reposted um, it on Twitter. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to get those sweet retweets because I think they're going to become the currency. That's part of my prediction is that you have to pay for food and retweets um, once net neutrality is gone. It's it's going to be a hellscape. Yeah, well, once um, we're all but, once we're all like in a pushing a, a, a huge like uh, recumbent wheel around uh, to power <laughs> the Bitcoin machine. That's that's like yeah. suck the earth dry of every natural resource. Yeah. So then I'll be even more worthless because I won't be able to push yeah. it much at all. No, you'll be in good shape. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired sitting down right now. They'll they'll throttle. Yeah. I was gonna say yeah, we're getting sweaty talking. We're <laughs> not gonna be able to turn the crowd. For podcasters and other people who are not in good shape, they will uh, they will throttle the the resistance modes just like a yeah, just like a uh, you know a, an exercise bike. <laughs> 
it'll work well. Um, but that was, yeah, that was one of the things I complained about, um, was like, look guys, there are enough very legitimate reasons to be concerned about this. We don't need to be, like, making up things or, like, talking about these, like, dystopian boogeymen because those things are pretty easily debunkable. And then if someone sees you post, like, six reasons why, you know, repealing net neutrality is bad, and, like, one of them is, like, if we repeal net neutrality, all the icebergs are going to melt. Two, if we repeal net neutrality, um, like, fucking people are going to start marrying their dogs and shit like that. Whatever weird arguments conservatives always use against everything. Um, and it's like, yeah, we don't need to worry about those things, because if you can debunk those, you're going to ignore the rest of the valid arguments. And there are plenty of valid reasons to be really, really concerned about this, besides that the internet as we know it is going to catch on fire and shoot itself in the head. Because that's... It might happen. I definitely don't want to be the guy who gets, like, cited in, like, six weeks after the internet shuts down. And it's like, <laughs> the last recorded podcast known to man featured some dumbass 25-year-old. we listen to you! We listen yeah. to you! Oh my god, could I be the Antichrist and we haven't even realized yet? Like, I'll, I could I'll jump be, right on like, Twitter the mouthpiece. Like, I, didn't, I didn't agree with a fucking thing he said. <laughs> yeah, start doing damage control right now. <laughs> so, from... From my perspective, I, I have my own opinion about the way that this could sure. go, and people people think I'm a little naive because what I think this could do is pave the way for some 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 really interesting uh, progress. And in, 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 by the way of municipal broadband, I think more okay. progressive cities can come together with resources and with money, and 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 maybe put something better together than what the ISPs are able to That's offer. Very positive of okay. you, Q. I know, I know. <laughs> Un, unlike me, I know it's very. But I mean, you gotta fucking hold on to something, man. Uh, what yeah. about you? <laughs> Um, you know, so I definitely think whatever change we're going to see, it's going to be gradual because if people, uh, you know, two weeks from now start seeing uh, an extra 20 bucks on their bill for Netflix, uh, they will find a way, even, even if there's no current legal way to shoot down uh, the ruling. Uh, if everyone woke up and their Netflix was $10 more, I could guarantee by fucking February there would be a new amendment in the Constitution like guaranteeing it because like, I think Dave would probably on his own he'd find out that it would cost an extra oh. 20 bucks to get movie pass and he'd be I'd like be that's marching. it we're passing the new bill and <laughs> um well yeah, I don't know so, don't want their so, entertainment so, fuck <laughs> no right yeah so so whatever you're gonna see um if it's negative it's definitely gonna creep in slowly and um I, I feel like people are starting to catch on to that a little more um, when you see those posts that look like a slippery slope of like, oh, this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, I think with uh, the case of net neutrality, uh, that's much less of a, um, a slippery slope than you're going to see with other things. I did think it was interesting what you were talking about, though, with people banding together. Um, did you mean to like take advantage of the new things that are allowed without net neutrality to build something better, or did did you mean... To I meant find to, a new to, standard, or to 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 build their own to build their own networks. Like uh, sure. the, ca the case study, I think is the one that has, you know, in, in preparing for this podcast, the one that I found that that, that was most promising sure. was the um the 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 Tennessee city of uh, Chattanooga, who okay. fell in this weird area where they weren't part. They weren't. They're not rural. They're not a tiny city. They're I forget what their population is, like 120,000 or something like that. They're also not a big city. And they fell in this gray area where they didn't really have any of the ISPs of the telecoms um, vying mm -hmm. for them. They didn't see them as a market that was worth developing. And they got together uh, in, I think, 2012 and started to build their own 
uh, municipal broadband infrastructure. Okay. And now every okay. citizen there who chooses to be a part of it pays a $70 per month fee, and they have broadband. And it is it outperforms in a lot of cases the um, you know private sector, you know, the, the, the – um, you know Comcast in Nashville or you know Verizon sure. in uh, Verizon in Memphis. It's it's a better internet, and specifically, it would fall outside of the uh, the the incentives that are created by the repeal of the order. So the incentives sure. that are that are created by the repeal of the order are specifically specifically capitalistic in nature, and you're only salivating yeah. if you're somebody who has shareholders. It makes a great fucking deal for you to go do what you want to do if you're a municipal publicly owned service there's really not a lot at stake there nothing really changed um at least sure. from my rudimentary understanding of the way that this is all playing sure. out and the the, so, the, the one that's a, that's that's a huge um that i'm keeping my eye on now is uh in the process of of moving towards this is seattle and if seattle yes. is that's where I, that's where i live right now actually yeah we're doing all sorts of crazy stuff and yeah so I, I don't know that that is like I said I'm I'm a little naive on some things or maybe I'm just a sure. little optimistic when I shouldn't be when the world has given me nothing to be optimistic about the last like, <laughs> six it's years. Got to be a little good somewhere. Yeah, uh, Dave's dropped some new albums. Like that's the ray of sunshine against all of that. There you go. And just then do you a, look, do a plug right now. And then you that's look the at nicest the, thing anyone's ever said about me. And then you look at the download <laughs> numbers and you get depressed all over again. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I figured you guys don't have a you guys don't have a sponsor, and after this, Comcast and T-Mobile sure as shit aren't sponsoring your podcast. So <laughs> no. I guess Dave's music career is our sponsor, right? Now. Yeah. There you go. That's how we're monetizing. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the, the extra seven cents you get on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, if we didn't have net neutrality, we could make our own ISP that only let people download music you guys made. And, you know, that by Dave's logic, that benefits him. So, therefore, <laughs> getting rid of net neutrality is good. We just have to make our own multi-billion dollar corporation first. There you go. Based yeah, just around the premise to. of Dave music. Well, this goes back to my thing about, about when I when I bring up when I bring up making anything public, people are like, oh, yeah, sure. you want it to be like the DMV? And I'm like, you know what? I'll take the DMV over fucking Comcast right now, over trying to get through to those motherfuckers. Like, over get, AT&T, you know, for sure. Yeah. yeah I'll oh. tell you, the, the, way that I, the way that everybody needs to deal with the big internet companies when they have, a tr- have trouble like them is the way that I deal with them, which is spend it, a career in journalism, getting 10,000 Twitter followers, and then complain publicly. And, the, and, <laughs> and get, get your account verified. So that you know everything that you say rises to the top of their mentions and uh, and complain and then they just you give go. you they give you credit on your bill and that that's how everybody all it takes. do it yeah all it takes <laughs> there you go um, so actually when when you're talking about um, you know people like uh, the the capitalist benefits to uh, getting rid of net neutrality and I think that this was actually maybe the first um, post I had made that maybe caught Dave's attention about this was I, I had been talking to some people about Facebook, and one of the very generic arguments you'll hear um, um, in favor of repealing net neutrality is, oh, net neutrality inhibits uh, innovation and stuff like that. And there is cool technical shit you can do without net neutrality. And I'm not saying it's worth it to scrap net neutrality for those things, um, but especially if you're looking at the purely theoretical definition of net neutrality, which we didn't have two weeks ago, um, which is that context does not matter when you are making your pricing or routing decisions. Um, 
you know, the analogy, very, very simple. Like, think about it. If you're a guy working in a mailroom and you've just got all these letters coming in and you've got all these slots you've got to put them in, um, by default, pure net neutrality is you're just tossing the letters and the slots as soon as you get them. But if you were allowed to use context in that decision and find out, like, oh, you know, this these letters aren't time sensitive, these letters are going to the president of the company, blah, 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 I should favor these ones first, it's not necessarily a worse system. But then once you bring it into implementation where you've got multi-million dollar uh, organizations who are the ones in charge of doing that, that's where the problems start to go. So there's really cool stuff you can do if you're um, not treating all data the same. And it's worth mentioning that some of these you could still do as of like a week or two ago. Like they were already considered acceptable violations of net neutrality. Um, you know, but stuff like... Uh, uh, you know how every uh, American right now can call 911 on a phone regardless of what their service is and stuff like that. I could definitely see there being cool advantages um, like .edu sites or .gov sites, everyone being able to access them on their phone, which would be fantastic. Um, you know, if we ever get like good online, reliable online voting or something like that, if every person could access, you know, vote for the new US president.gov for free, that would be amazing. That being said, that's not what fucking Comcast is going to do. You know, they're going to call Netflix and be like, hey, do you guys want us to make sure that your data doesn't keep getting interrupted? Fantastic. How do you feel about f signing a seven-year contract? And then next thing you know, it's Netflix powered by Xfinity or something like that. Yeah, but to, but to be fair, like, we can't be holding ourselves to the same, uh, you know, technical standards as countries like Estonia. I mean, they're far advanced. <laughs> like, and other places where they have... <laughs> electronic online voting like um you know romania and Phili <laughs> the philippines and fucking distant the distant future namibia <laughs> if you want to live that namibia life move to Nabib namibia all right namibia. these colors don't run yeah absolutely <laughs> and my, some of my friends have told me like there have been examples in the past of like um, like um, colleges, for example, getting discount, like bulk discount, basically on their data rates, um, specifically sources and stuff like that. And those are another thing. Like that's not really, like that is technically a violation of net neutrality. But if like Comcast came out and was like, hey, just so you know, we're going to give all the underprivileged schools free internet access so they can claim they're going to go look up things on websites, but in reality just fucking... I don't know, did you guys have, like, addicting games and stuff like that when you were in elementary school, or am I really outing myself as the young one? Oh, no, we had this one where it was, like, a cup, and you had a ball attached to a string, and you would, like, oh, flip, shit. You'd flip the ball up and catch it in the cup. Oh, that's crazy. No, um, that, that was in real that, life. There was, that one, there was that one game where you went outside and looked for frogs and salamanders. Oh, God. I, See, I, I tried I that, that once, um, but then the other players showed up and beat the shit out of me, so I stuck to single-player games after that. <laughs> um, but yeah, right. Like, so there are. Well, there was that one game. Oh no! But there was the one. Do. There was the one game that we played. Dave, remember when when we were kids that it was um, "Don't Die of Consumption." <laughs> <laughs> that was a good Jesus. game too. Yeah. You, I think you guys just need a token young person on this I know, podcast so now, just to fucking remind you that we've cured cholera and shit like that. I was trying to, uh, I was trying to tell Dave that he's technically a millennial and he refuses to believe me. Hell no. 
bullshit. I, I've like there there are people my age who argue that we're too old to be millennials. I'm like, just suck it the fuck up. Like, <laughs> like the worst part about being a blo- a millennial is people write bitchy blogs about you. There's not there's no other real downside. Yeah. Besides people with medium articles complaining about you, like, and then economists saying it's your fault. It's your fault. And that's yeah, it's all. Your it's fault. like whatever, man. Like like there's a certain but like if someone was like. Yo, we're going to blame the collapse of a multi-trillion dollar economy on you. Also, you're 16. I'd be like, um, <laughs> shit, I'm sorry. I I don't know what I... I would have studied harder in class if I, I could have I didn't know the this. rules. Like, well, I didn't know that like, this was happening this quickly. <laughs> why didn't I have access to these trillions of dollars before I ruined it? I feel like if I made it go away, I should have had it at some point. But someone on BuzzFeed is telling me it's not my fault, and someone on Fox News is telling me not only is it my fault, but I'm the reason my grandpa is sick. There you go. And it's like, well, fuck am I supposed to do now? Yeah, so that's guys, why we just sit around and bitch on Tumblr. And you guys also did the knockout game, so like you got to wear that for your life. Like, you all right, to you be guys fair, don't remember the I knockout. Feel, no, no. <laughs> I feel like pe- people your age did the, the knockout. No, no pe- people <laughs> your age did the knockout game. It was just a fucking hate crime, and no, we couldn't just, do it anymore. Right? It was just walking to right? school. We called it walking right, to school. Right. <laughs> right, but that's the thing is, we, we have to gamify everything nowadays. It's not enough to just be like, that kid looks weird, let's beat the shit out of him. You have to get points for it. Like, that's what Grand Theft Auto does to us. Oh, yeah. That's a whole other conversation we're going to have one day, for sure. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> and it's going to it's gonna, it's gonna end with me yelling, World Star! <laughs> 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 you, the, the important thing is to make sure you hold your camera at the wrong angle while you're recording the collapse of the U.S. economy <laughs> and posting it onto Worldstar. Uh. <laughs> sure. I'm so off script on this shit. Like I'm all over yeah, the place yeah. on this shit. I hope, I hope you don't mind. No, I don't even know what I'm going to talk about for, for, for Chip. You have anything? I have nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing. I was I was, I was all prepared to just... Sit back and listen to me. Do one of my fucking rants. I'm not going to do that this time. I'm not just going to rant. <laughs> I am going to say this, though. We did talk We did talk about... Um, we did just get done talking about uh, net neutrality and the importance of that issue. There's a lot of issues that are important right now. I, I kind of alluded to that. On yeah. the on the thing, I can't think of one that is more egregious and just more heartrending and like uh, transparently evil, like Doctor Evil, evil, like parody of evil, evil, than yeah. the the expiration of the program. Which, depending on who you talk to, what reporter you talk to, or what uh, you know, what what um, inside the Beltway wonk who's been following the shit you talk to. It's it's gonna happen. It's a, it's gonna happen in a week. It's gonna happen in a month. It's already happened. Like depending on who you talk to, right? Um, the expiration of the child uh, health insurance program or chip, previously known as S chip, is it's it's really one of those lines in the sand where if you can spin the current administration led by the president their posture towards 
things like uh, I don't know, like we were talking about before culture wars, right? Like, oh well, yeah. black black people have it too easy in this country, right? Okay, well I guess that's a ridiculous and obscene argument that we can have, uh, or trickle down economics works, and that's why we need to you know send almost two trillion dollars directly from the the the, the lower quintiles of uh, the, the the three lowest quintiles of of um, wage earners up to the very top all right fine I guess that's again another stupid thing where once again like I've said before conservatives are wrong on every issue but I, I see the point that you're making me have to argue against I see it but expiring a program that its only purpose is to provide health insurance, for millions of kids who don't have access to it. There's no means testing bar that needs to be met there. It's little kids. What are they supposed to have done at this point? Are they supposed to have? Right. They haven't even gotten bootstraps to pull them up yet. I mean, I can't. This is, like I said, a line in the sand thing. I can't even fathom it. It's it's absurd. Well, another thing is, and I don't have any numbers in front of me or anything, but I, I can't imagine it's that expensive that uh you know they would even have any kind of grounds to argue on so look uh some states have received this is from um politico uh an october article when this was first sort of bubbling up the 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 whole chip story and um talking about how some some states have uh look at this shit dude um alabama 83,000 enrollees impacted 23,000 enrollees impacted in arizona um 32,000 enrollees impacted in California. They're using the word enrolled, 350,000 enrollees impacted in New York. They're using the word enrollees, just to be clear, 450,000 enrollees impacted in Texas. Just to be clear, we're not talking about like volunteers for something. We're not talking about face. These are little kids. These are just, they say, they use the word enrollees. They're little kids. We're not Um, talking about somebody that uh, like, like, let let themselves go and like like just didn't focus on their life and and not try right. to make something we're talking about kids yeah somebody yeah, who like not fucking, had a chance yet who who was trying to win a culture war by housing five fucking uh chick-fil-a burgers a day for uh six <laughs> years to to prove a point that about to, to like own libs to <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. Um, some states received extra federal funds, but it's only a short-term patch. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services are allowed to distribute the leftover funds to help states facing these budget shortfalls, right? So here's like some short-term money that's been earmarked to, to, to help extend. Uh, at the time, it was through December and November, and that's kind of the situation that they're in right now. So they're getting these little chunks. For California, it's $177 million to keep how many thousands of kids? 32,000 kids, uh, you know, in, in, enrolled and uh, covered. Arizona, 22 million. Oregon, 14.2 million. Washington, 10.4 million. Minnesota, 3.6 million, right? Sounds like a lot of money until you look at The Guardian just the other day uh, writing a <laughs> writing about the new Kieran Timberlake plans for the, uh, the new U.S. Embassy in London, a glass cube swathed in shimmering sails of plastic that is set in a plinth and surrounded by a moat-like pond on the edge of the River Thames, um, which is going to, which we're going to, which is going to cost 750 million euro. Uh, I'm sorry, 750 million pounds, which is about a, a, a billion dollars. 
I don't want to be that obvious motherfucker that's like, how many kids could we insure for the cost of that U.S. embassy? But, like, how many kids could we insure for the cost of that U.S. embassy in London? Mm-hmm. That this ostentatious, that, by the way, looks like shit. Like, it, it looks disgusting and stupid. And it's just one of these, like, monument to um, fucking, like, a, a monument to, to decadent pretending to be understated pieces of shit of architecture and um i don't know there 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 will be arguments about oh well you know well technically the budgeting for uh for projects like that come from this source and then you know this is a a federally agreed upon source that you know to conflate the two is i'm sorry it's still money for money it's dollars for dollars it still speaks to you can make up as many excuses about why we need a one bill why it's okay to build a one billion dollar um fucking embassy in uh, this ostentatious absurd over-the-top monstrosity and why it's also okay to let millions of kids lapse off of health insurance and you can do all of the fucking philosophical yoga that you need to do to come up with the reasons why it's okay and you can come up with procedural arguments against why uh what i'm saying is not accurate oh well technically that was already you know budgeted five years ago whatever whatever it shows dollar for dollar where our priorities are i had a whole lot of shit to say about um about chip luckily my kid is on my health insurance so instead she's just instead of you know being dropped off of health insurance she's just going to grow up with millions of uh of, of her contemporaries who, uh, you know, will have will be like battle hardened husks of humanity by the time they get to middle school and will, you know, probably be just riddled with disease and fucking. <laughs> so that's something to look forward to. I love when this show gets dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, my uh, love for the week was. Very surprisingly to me, probably to you and to anyone who knows me too, but is the new Star Wars The Last Jedi, which I have never been a Star Wars fan. I'm I'm that rare nerd who uh, just never really got into Star Wars for whatever reason. Um, I've seen them all like one time each, and they just never really made much impact on me, but I absolutely love this movie. It was so much fun. It was so exciting. It was so everything you'd want a big, epic action blockbuster movie to be. And tell, it was tell me a name. Perfect. Tell me a name of a character. Just any character. <laughs> you mean other than Luke and Leia? Yeah. Like, okay. Clearly, the, the ones that aren't haven't been fucking ingrained into our national consciousness for the last, uh, uh, you know, forty years. Tell me a name of a character that was introduced well, my, in this movie. My favorite character is Poe. That's uh, Oscar. No, he was the last movie. Tell me somebody, a new character. Oh, someone brand new for this movie? Brand new in this movie. Oh. Oh, Was there a new, new character? I mean, there's the porgs, the little creatures. They're awesome. What does that tell tell you? That that tells you that that it's it's just flotsam and jetsam. That it's... It's just flotsam. It's cultural flotsam. It tells me that J.J. Abrams set up a lot of questions in the last one, and Rian Johnson knocked it out of the park with figuring out the best ways to answer those questions. I think you mean. And I think you mean Jar Jar Abrams. And it's weird. This movie seems to be, even though the critics are absolutely loving it, I think it's got like a ninety-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. 
um, there's this weird disconnect with fans. Um, I I think it's got like a, like a fifty three percent for for fan reviews, and I've only seen really, negative fan reviews. I've only yeah, seen it seems to be split right down the shit. middle. I, it's so weird, and I I can't quite figure it out. There's a lot of theories out there, but um, and and I have seen tons. I'm certainly not alone. There are a lot of people who think it's either the best one since the original three or it's even the best one ever. And I, I'm talking to people not like me, people that are actual big Star Wars fans that think it's the best one like they've ever made. And um, But then there's people that just, I, they did not connect with it in any way, shape, or form and freaking hate it and put it at the bottom of their lists. I just, I don't get how there could be that big of a disconnect, but um, I don't know, it's pretty interesting and... Give me a lot to read, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm going with, uh, yeah, for, for what I love is um, a thread from uh, uh, Colbert Late Show writer Dan uh, Kibblesmith. And I, I just, it was hilarious. It's one of those things where, like, <laughs> you got to look this up. Find Dan Kibble. Hang on, I'm going to just, I'm going to just send it to you. I waited with my own. Basically, it was just a great picture of the president. Uh and um, just like a really regal looking picture of him and with just like a lot of captions describing like what he looks like. So click on it and I'm going to read through a few of them while, while you look at it. Did you get it? Yeah, I'm opening it right now. This is a real picture. This is a real picture of the president of the United <laughs> States today. This looks like a five-year-old drew what they think a president might look like. He looks like he's crashing a funeral for the shrimp. He looks like Tommy Wiseau's dad. <laughs> Quote, one adult for boss baby. <laughs> he looks like he wandered off five hours ago and they just found him with a flashlight. <laughs> this was the one that made me laugh so hard. This is the one that made me die. This is the picture of the president with the caption. This is also the official uniform of holding up the line at a Starbucks in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and I try, I tried to do my own. I said, "Quote, hello, please help. I was on an Amtrak train, and I think there was an accident. Can you please call my daughter?" <laughs> nice. Oh my god, it's a great picture, though. That should be his like presidential portrait. He's just like, it looks like it's like, it looks like dusk. There are some like out of focus lights behind him. He's in a big field. He's just looking confused at a at a light. It's like this is I mean, I hate to make fun of it, you know, from somebody whose family has, you know, suffered with Alzheimer's, but this is what sundowning looks like. This is what it's like when they start to lose their shit. I mean, and and get angry. I bet you around 6:30 every night he gets so irritable to be around. He starts like lashing out. I bet he he starts calling Ivanka Ivana. And like, he's like, get your sex oh, he ass over terrible. here. Terrible. You look so bad and oh. confused and broken. <laughs> this job, this job can't be good for him. Yeah. Hey, look. Oh. Okay. Look. If you're listening to this podcast, you'll notice we don't really talk a lot about Trump because that's not our thing. What we we're focused on different shit. Uh, politically, we're more likely to. I don't know. Like, we're more interested in in the difference between. 
what the quote unquote center wants to do and what we want, what we see as being viable options for the country. Personally, I see, I don't want to speak for you, Dave, but I see Trump as just like a, a dumb aberration, like the last gasp of, of the, 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 like the marginalized stupid class before they die under the weight of student loans from university of Phoenix. And like, it's just like Gloria Steinem said the day after the election, she said something that always stuck with me, which was, uh, I mean, obviously she and everybody on her side of things had just gotten their shit pushed in pretty hard, but she had a really good take where she was like, you can, you can vote against the future, but you can't stop it. And that's kind of like what happened a year ago in November. You know, people voted against the future coming, but the future is still going to come. The demographic makeup and the and the the way that this country's laid out. I mean, this motherfucker's sure. still lost by even counting all the illegal votes that all the illegal Mexicans <laughs> were making. He still won. He still lost by like uh, you know a million votes, even if you count all those t- other millions of illegals. Um. So, <laughs> I don't focus i don't know what do you think because i don't focus a lot of my ire at trump he's just he's like a spigot of dumbness for this huge reservoir of dumbness that we already have (laughs) and it's like it's not the spigot's fault that it's spewing human shit out of it i don't know what you notice we haven't really done a lot of trump shit we haven't done a lot of like making fun of trump it's like it's almost like it's too yeah. easy. It's like we can't par- you can't make parody of this. You can't satire this. I mean, well, also there's there's also the lingering fact that you he know, could long kill after us. He, <laughs> I was gonna say long after he's gone, his supporters will still be there. Yeah, and I, I think that is definitely the uh, scarier and more uh, you know more ripe for us to make fun of, you know, people are, are, are those types because, uh, you know, I don't know where they came from. I mean, I do, you know, I have my theories, but it makes me sick every day. Yo, they, and at least like your dogs don't have to go to a place every day where the parents of the other dogs are like Trump supporters. <laughs> Let me tell you, people give shit to you know left wing to progressives you know for cloistering up in the urban areas and and not staying in the you know purple or red states or places where they could make differences i tell you man i'm like as deep purple as it fucking gets and so are you and uh it's hard to be around these people. Like you, you don't. It's like it's like getting up and having to do a bunch of push-ups every day. Like you have to, from the moment you wake up, you have to experience and exist within this infrastructure that has been neglected by terrible Republican stewardship. You know the roads are fucked up. Everything's a disaster. Uh, people, like I said before, are like zombies wandering through the streets with like uh, like applications to fucking Claire's jewelry stapled to their fucking shirts that their parents sent them to like go to the mall and get a fucking job and stop gaming in the basement and you're like to 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 exist in a place that is purple or red is just requires so much energy and that's how they fucking keep you down is from the expenditure of that energy and uh but i see the point man i see how nice it would be to be able to send my kid to one of these prissy ass left-wing schools where with a you know all the all the parents are like, uh, you know, <laughs> organizing like Hillary Clinton lunches luncheons and shit like that. Uh, it's like <laughs> ah yeah fuck it you know what 
give me that. Give me like I, even that's not any better. It's just yeah. it just it just works better. It requires less energy on a day to day basis. Seems easier. No. Uh... <laughs> but nope. Good one, man. What did you hate this week? Uh, what did I hate this week? <coughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't really hate much. Um, yeah, I don't know what the hell I have for hate. Um, oh, me. I hate me. Uh, one of my things. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. Damn. You got that- anything? Wait, but are we saying that this has just become acceptable? That like we can just mail it in and not have a one of these? Because this is like the third or fourth time that this has happened to one of us. In all fairness, to one of us, like it, it's I, I think we're only time. allowed like whoever gets to it first is allowed to have. So like, like there's a mulligan, but it's like first come first serve mulligan. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's some bullshit, man. <laughs> so what do you hate aside from everything? I hate everything. <laughs> hey, you know what? I I got I got one. I got one. Uh, tonight Gina needed me to go, uh, pick something up, a, a craft supply and they were sold out at Michael's and I had to go to Hobby Lobby. Which, <laughs> we have a Hobby Lobby which, here too. Which we normally we would not step foot in, uh, you know, cause they're obviously, you know, big, huge Christian, you know, anti-gay, anti-everything, uh, establishment, but really needed this specific glue and it was the only place we could get it and uh i gotta say it was like the greatest story i've ever been in my life <laughs> so i kind of hate myself for uh thinking that <laughs> just wait just wait until you just wait until you try chick-fil-a for the first time oh i know <laughs> this is I, the, I sure fucking love it the 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 very like genetic makeup of this podcast is going to change drastically it's going to become a fucking crossfire. It's going to become like, it's going to become different. It's going to become so different. And we by the way, at the beginning of every episode, hope you enjoyed having a girlfriend for 11 years. Cause <laughs> when you turn hardcore right wing libertarian, I don't know how long she's going to stick around. I don't um, know how long I'd stick around with myself. <laughs> um, oh man, I have so much shit that I hate. It's crazy. I saw this preview for the Showtime documentary called The Trade. It looks like one of those sort of like um, prestige documentaries. Uh, mm. It's about the heroin trade, just as the name suggests. And it uh, appears just based on the trailer, like the, these filmmakers got some um, pretty incredible uh, access, not just from the federal government and from um, uh, Border Patrol and from different law enforcement agencies, but also they got like i've never seen access like this that they got from actual cartels uh the car they it looks like they embedded with with cartels um and uh they're you, you know trailers are always cut to look to make the thing look great it does look great it looks like a good documentary um the description is spot it spotlights the op- opioid crisis through the eyes of growers addicts cartel bosses and law enforcement hopelessly caught in its web it's directed and ex- uh, executive produced by matthew heineman so my problem with this documentary is that Showtime's been on the air, air for, I don't know, 35 years, something like that, as, at least as long as, you know, probably about as long as HBO. Um, docu- the do- documentary as a format has been around as long as film, basically. And uh, I just don't remember when crack was 
tearing through our country. Any soft documentaries like this or any understand things from different angles and from different sides uh, documentaries like this. I don't remember the understanding. I don't remember there being this compassion. I don't remember there being this uh, this this nuanced uh, acceptance and and uh, sort of healthy respect for the process of recovery of uh, for those who, who are afflicted with addiction. I don't remember um, this sort of global understanding this this zoom out and this ability for us to see all these different parts and pieces and, and their machinations that make uh, the process of, of substance abuse or the act of substance abuse uh, such a sad kind of like dire, part of the human existence and, and what is it inside of us that require oh, that that requires this um these artificial substances to to make us feel better and uh the philosophizing and the, the striving to understand it and there's really only one thing i can think of that's different this time around with the heroin epidemic versus the crack epidemic of the uh of the the 80s and 90s there isn't crime because crime is is propagated as a result of of um these epidemics in equal measure it's not violence uh you know same thing uh it's it's really just race is the only thing that i can think of that's different and i'm not the first person to say this new york times uh, i was reading today an, an article that was like about a year old um from the new york times about the difference in our response to crack versus our response to heroin for anybody that says that privilege isn't real man privilege is fucking real because if you are strung out like one of the main what seems to be one of the main protagonists of this documentary strung out and on a corner you know swinging fucking uh, tires around in the air and you're white guess what somebody's probably going to put a fucking uh, a, a jacket over your shoulders and pat you on your back and slowly you know walk <laughs> you home and make sure that everything's okay if you're black and you make that mistake you're probably you're that's your last night that's probably your last yeah. night of of being alive so i don't know i i'm not going to give uh matthew heineman a hard time it's not his fault he's probably i mean whatever he's probably a young guy he's he's not responsible for the media's portrayal of the crack epidemic in the in the in the 80s and 90s probably means well too no it's and it looks like an incredible documentary i can't say that it doesn't it just infuriates me and pisses me off that and I wonder, I wonder if heroin got its uh, its its claws into the black community, um, which, by the way, it does have its claws in the black community. It's just not to the extent as it has uh, in the last decade or so grown in the um, more rural, uh, more suburban areas where, you know, it's mostly white people. Um, mm. And it also hasn't gotten the same type of attention. In the in the 80s, it was super predator. It was crime wave. It was lock your doors. It was white flight, and now it's uh, understanding and love and unconditional compassion. And I, you know, it should be that way. It should be that way. It should have fucking always been that way. Right. And uh, it just it it just really grosses me out, man. And this documentary looks good. It's just I'm gonna have a hard time watching a documentary like that and 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 ignoring. Uh, you know, a, a history that you and I lived through. I mean, you and I both grew up on the East Coast in the 80s when we we were, as kids, consuming media that was telling us that every black person that we saw was going to uh, rob us and kill us. 
<laughs> and you think I'm exaggerating. Every no, fucking it's, it's piece true. of media from it's Dare, true. Nancy Reagan, all the way down was like to like, you know, your officer friendly, how to be safe school sessions in elementary school and shit like that. Everything was telling you, basically, in so many words, stay out of the black areas. They're going to kill you for crack money. Like, and that was the way that we were raised. And, uh, you know, and that, that might be unique to us because we were raised in the East Coast where it was a particularly, you know, rampant problem. But I don't know. That's. I was going to say also, um, well, I, I agree with you 100% that race is a major factor there. Do you think uh, there's also the fact that um, with, with, you know, the whole content culture right now. Uh, they want, you know, some kind of a positive thing that can go and win awards and be like the new big, you know, documentary that everybody loves so much. No, of course. They're aiming for this to be... <laughs> By the way, don't forget, you saying that reminds me, the most popular sort of compassionate look crack cocaine documentary that had come out in the past, like back in the day. I don't remember exactly when it came out, but it was it was pretty well into the into the the scourge that was that was the crack epidemic. Um was about the fucking Christian Bale guy from uh Fighter. It was about a white guy. So like, <laughs> like they're like, we need to make we need to make a documentary that tells the story of crack cocaine and in the aggregate and in its entirety about the experience of the people that are reflected with. Here's a white guy from Boston. Perfect. Get him well, on the hey, horn. Christian, Christian Bale was excellent in that movie. But... No, I'm not talking about the movie. You I know. I'm I talking know. about the documentary. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, that and the other thing I wanted to bring up was um, uh, my piece of shit congressman. He's... Like 20, 20 feet away from being my like twenty blocks away from being my piece of shit congressman. Instead, I have a different piece of shit congresswoman, Ileana Rose Slayton, the you know fucking coat rack of the uh, of Congress. Uh, Rep uh, Carlos, Representative Carlos Carbello, I saw him on um, on Fox Business today, uh, saying I'd like to see some Democratic colleagues come on board, talking about the uh, the the awesome tax plan that's going to work out so well for everybody. Uh, because there is something in this bill for everyone. <laughs> and um, it's just, it's crazy because some of these motherfuckers from like Iowa or Texas, there actually are some things in it for them in terms of earmarks and, uh, you know, last minute backroom deals. Specifically, David Sirota from um, International Business Times did a fucking great, great investigative piece where he found. Uh, literally, like last minute addendums uh, thrown in there to uh, designed to basically personally enrich John Cornyn of Texas. That um, they were drafted apparently by Orrin Hatch of Utah, you know, sort of hand in glove. And uh, I, I strongly urge everybody to read that reporting, the kind of reporting that doesn't get read enough, but is is starting to kind of go viral and starting to show just how corrupted. This process of building out this um, this legislation was this this fucking disaster of a tax bill, uh, but for Carlos Corbello, it's not going to help us. It's this tax bill is not going to do anything good for Florida. It is going to have a disproportionate effect not just on Florida but on Miami, which is like I've said before, one of the poorest cities in the country. Fucking unconscionable that this guy can get on the air on Fox Business and not be held to account. 
it, it's insane. And by the way, the the comments on the article are hilarious because they're coming at him from the right. So like telling him like you piece of shit, you you support DACA, you support open borders. <laughs> like, okay, well, like, I don't know. He reminds me of like a Dean Heller type guy where like people on the right and the left fucking hate him. He should probably get primaried. Hopefully he gets primaried by um, you know, like some fucking uh, one of the like a former uh, like a former CIA operative that tried to kill Castro with a fucking uh, with with a with a remote control helicopter or something like that. Like that's the kind of person that could probably beat him in a in a, in a in a primary. And great, fucking do it, dude. Because this guy, again, like I've said before, he's in a district, the neighboring district to mine, where uh, Clinton won it by a landslide. Obama won it by a landslide. Every Democrat going back since, I think maybe Al Gore was the last one to lose it. And back then, it was a different district, actually, back then. It, it was configured differently. There's no reason for this guy to be representing us in Congress. Just like there's no reason for a lot of these motherfuckers to be representing us in Congress. So, mm-hmm. fuck Carlos Corbello. Fuck him up his fucking ass. Uh, we got to go find whoever it is, He's whoever's running against them. I honestly don't know. Uh, that'll be our New Year's resolution to get some actual motherfuckers on this podcast. Not like Ryan's not great, I'm, and and TJ and a lot of our friends who are going to be making appearances, but yeah. uh, we got to find some people who are who are engaged, active, and running for office. Uh, which brings us to plugs. What are you plugging, Dave? I'm not really plugging anything this week. Uh, you know, check out my check out my music online, bydavidrosen.com. Don't you want to plug? That you booked a person? Wait. Oh no, no. you you didn't book a person for the show yet. Well, I, I mean, uh, we 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 had already booked. Uh, you booked Kyle the future Chamberlain governor for a governor. Okay. Yeah, yeah so, we, we booked him. Uh, live show January twelfth. Rebar. Kyle Chamberlain, yep. future governor of Nevada. No. Yep. Uh, it will be. A, a friend of the bird. We'll yeah. Be, we'll and you're working on a second guest, and then I'm working on some bands to perform, make it like a big full show. And, Stay uh, tuned. Should be amazing. We'll, we'll have more news on that soon. <sighs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited. So next week we're going to have our, our Christmas spectacular. I don't know what that means yet, <laughs> um, but I'll come up with some incredible idea that's hilarious and nuanced mm-hmm. and funny and well-written, but like also wry and at the same time, Kind of honest and you know, uh, with room evo- for us evocative. to explore a little bit and uh, right do our own and grow thing and make, as make people. It, yeah, yeah. You're a good guy. I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>